We are live. Welcome to the Jet Jump Seat. My name is Mike Foki, and this is episode two with Jennifer Kawakami. Jennifer, welcome. Hello, thank you. How's it going, Jennifer? Uh, it's going good. Still a little tired because um, it's you know it's eight a.m., which is not early, but it feels early. Yeah, you're in Japan. Oh man, I'm, I'm a bit jealous. Yeah. I'm a bit jealous. <laughs> but it's bright and early there for you, and it's evening time for me in New York. So awesome! Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks. So you were on the JET program with me and Ibaraki. Yes, that's right. What years were you on the JET program? Um, so I was on JET 2009 to 2013. Okay, cool. So I was till 2014. I stayed that extra year and did the five. Yeah, yeah, unicorn year. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I pull, pulled the whole five. <laughs> I did the whole nine yards and had a really great time doing it. So which schools were you posted in? Um, I was in high schools and um, I was in... Well, what's considered basically lower level high schools is the high schools where they're not expected to go to college. Um, maybe some of them will go on to college, but generally the schools I was working at were the schools where they were going to be working after they finished high schools. So um, because of that, I was in a lot of high schools because they didn't have English class so, so often. So they were all low level. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, yeah, there were... There was maybe one that was more of a college-bound high school, but it definitely wasn't like going to, you know, like Tokyo University. They were going to just, you know, universities around the area. Um, so, but all the rest of them I worked at, it was kind of like almost like vocational schools. Like it was the manufacturing schools, the farming schools, the schools where they're going to get out and work in a business being like, uh, like <laughs> kind of like accountants, I guess you would say, um, were mainly my schools. Interesting, because like Jets all have such varied experiences, so it's kind of cool to to see that you you had that experience. For me, it was a bit different. I mean, I had basically four to five high schools, and I had kind of two industrial level, like lower level high schools where you know kids are probably going to be working at convenies or, or maybe going to Semengaku, like a two year tech school, something like that. And then I had a very high level school where they actually went to school on Saturdays. So it was, wow. it was hardcore. Yeah. No, that was my kendo school. So I did martial arts there. It was interesting. Like they, they were very advanced, very high level. I mean, I think some of them even went to Todai. Wow. I know, right? Was was that one of those super science schools? I know usually they have the, the super science, like if it's tacked on there, um, they get the actual title and they're very, very, um, they study a lot. And they they work very, very hard because they want to get in those good universities. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those. It was uh, Koga Third High School. And yeah, the kids kids were great there and did everything I told them to do. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a jet to dream. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's cool. We were both in high schools, too. So what, what city were you in? Um, I was in Hitachi. Oh, Hitachi. So, um, but because of the way they had me working, I I went all the way down to Mito for some of my schools, wow. which was about like what three stations away, three train stations away from Hitachi, and then I went all the way up about two more stations. So it wasn't just Hitachi City. I was spread pretty far. Yeah, basically all my schools were sort of congregated in Koga, with the exception of one that was kind of bizarre. I was only there half a year. And they ended up closing the school. I, I had like all seniors. Oh, no. 
It was it was like one of the schools that they were reducing. The population was so small there that they had to close down the schools and redirect kids to other places. Yeah, that is a thing that you happens. Know. You know, my most distinct memory of you is that we were once standing at a bus stop together. And I remember looking over at you, giving you like the slightest nod. And then you were looking at me and gave me a slight nod. And then we just cracked up laughing. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> Um, I don't know if I remember that specifically. No. But um I do know th- I do know there were definitely times where it's just like, okay, yep, we're both foreigners and we're in this country doing our thing. So <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's that's one of those things that happens when you come up around like other foreigners in the area. Like I was I was a bit sad. I never really got to hang out with you and, and some of the other Jets and Mito. I was kind of like the hermit in the east. Yeah. You know, her, or, sorry, the yeah. west. I was the hermit in the west. So I was all alone out there. I- <laughs> yeah. Well, and the train lines really load you down, you know, like when you don't have a car. I feel like when I got my car, it definitely like opened up the world a bit. But normally, like for a lot of the jets in our area, I feel like they don't have cars. I think you had a car, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I was lucky. Yeah, I did. So, yeah, oh, one of the lucky ones. Because I know the great. train line definitely really tied me down. Yeah, I mean, it took me somewhere around an hour to go from Koga all the way to Mito. So hour, hour and a half. Yeah. No, it was a long ride. But it's awesome. It was like a breath of freedom, right? Like when you got that car and a license, you're like, mm-hmm. that's it. I can go anywhere in Japan. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And then like any time, because I know our area... I mean, it's like a city, but not really. Like, I only had buses once an hour to get to the station. Oh. And the trains ran a bit more, but to try and get to the station from my house, I either had to walk, like, oh, I want to say about half an hour. Oh, wow. Um, or catch the bus, but the bus generally was, like, once an hour. So if I missed my bus, I might as well walk. Oh, that's terrible. I was a little bit closer. I was maybe, like, 15, 20 minutes and then I actually switched apartments. It was about five minutes. So I, I, I had a pretty good deal in Koga. I get that. Nice. Yeah. But tell me more about, like, tell me about your license. Like, that was something that I struggled with and I failed one time. Oh yeah, no, but everyone fails. Like, that's not a, yeah, yeah, no. It's, it's like a rite of passage. Yeah. Like, you have to fail your tests. Um, so I know, oh my gosh, yeah, I definitely failed the first time. But it was for, like, even when they were trying to explain why I failed, I was like, that doesn't make sense, but okay. Um, I think my, my sister's story was the funniest because my sister was here, was in Japan too. Oh, I didn't and know And she that. had been driving on, yeah, yeah, she was. Okay. She was driving on the temporary license for a year before she had to get her driver's license. And when she got her driver's license, um, guess why she failed? It's the craziest thing. I thought it was so funny. Why? She failed because they said they said she was looking but not seeing when she made her turns. That is such a Japanese thing <laughs> to say, like, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's it's very, very, uh very, very interesting, like how they do that test. I think mine was they said when I was making my turn, I didn't speed up fast enough to get in the turn lane. Like something that I was like, wait, what? Like, is that even a thing? 
Um, but yeah, oh my gosh, I remember practicing for that. Like before you even get in the car that they can fill you, I remember looking like under the car, going around yes. the car, looking around the car, right? And then there's the order of like when you actually get in the car. Do you remember? What is the order? Do you remember? I don't. <laughs> but it was it was like I a kata like... in martial arts. I felt like, all right, if you don't do every step, then it's wrong. Right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like it was like, get in the car, adjust your seat. No, don't turn on the car or your seatbelt. Don't put on your seatbelt yet. It was like, get in the car, adjust your seat, adjust your mirrors, yes. put on your seatbelt, then wait for them to say you can start the car. Yes. Oh my you God. got it. Yes. It's coming back to me now. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy when I got my license. Uh-huh. I, I felt like I was 16 again because I, I think I got mine at 15 or no, it was 16. I got my learner's permit at 15 here. And you know what? I failed mine because... I, I was outside the car, right? And I did not know that you could not drive your own car, right? Because in America, you drive your own car and that's it. You do the road test and that. Did yeah. you do yours at Mito? Yes, yes, I did mine in Mito. You did in that terrible um, taxi? Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, that oh, that driver's, driver's, loca- driver's testing center, I feel oh. like is going to just forever be in my mind of just horrible horrible place (laughs) and maybe part of it is like just I felt like there was always lining up there was always lining up to check your eyes lining up to do this lining up to do the written test lining up to wait for them to announce when you're going with your group to do the written test to, to do the actual driving test um and I just felt like there was always like talking and it was just like so much commotion so much happening there that it was just a lot it was very assembly line. Like everything was timed and they had a, I remember they had a giant board and I didn't know what tech was going on. And like kids were like a number would pop up and kids would be like screaming and crying. I'm like, what, where am I? Like, what is going on here? (laughs) And, um, and then later I found out that like Japanese people pay a lot of money to get their license. Yes. Yes. There's no, there's no training at home. Like you actually have to go to the driving school to do that. I see the cars all the time now. Um, I mean, cause I'm driving and I'm still living here. So um, I see the cars when I'm driving around that are, um, like such and such driving school and it's like these buses and they go pick up the people to take them to the driving school to go practice um, because you can't just take the test. It's true. Yeah. And actually, so, so back to me failing my test, I actually didn't look under the car long enough. That's what they told me. I was like, <gasps> oh what do you mean? <laughs> like I looked under there and they're like, well, you have to scan the bottom. Like, make sure you see to the back and front because there could be an animal or a child down there. I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, my gosh. But you know, yeah. it's, it's funny that you mentioned the driving schools because I actually paid to go to one. No, you didn't. I did. I was like, you know what? I can't fail this again. So I, I paid and my, my supervisor went with me and I, I think I took three lessons to master the course because I had a stick shift. It was a bit more difficult. Yeah. Yeah, because you do have to do that test separate. Yep. So I was really worried. I'm like, oh my God, I can't drive. Like, what's going to happen? Do you remember how much it was? I probably paid like 150 bucks or something. And um, I was like, you know what? Take it. Take the 150. I don't care. I'm I'm just going to do this. And and it was funny because I sat down with the driving testing person, right? And I, Mm -hmm. I had the book they gave me with like stamps in it. 
And I think his jaw like hit the ground when he saw it. He's like, you went to driving school? Like no foreigner ever does that. So I pretty much automatically <laughs> passed the second time. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, I feel like my, my second time went okay. Uh, my second time, like there was no problems. I mean, I obviously have my license now, but yep. I feel like it's just one of those like rite of passage. Like they have to yeah. fill you. Unless you're from one of the countries where it transfers perfectly fine. They I don't remember. Lucky. Do you remember if there were specific states that transferred? I know. I know it's like according to state, but I think in the U.S. maybe I don't remember. I don't know. It might have been U.K. The U.K. definitely. I think that was like an even swap or something. But for us, yeah. because we were on the opposite road side of the road, and there were you know like fifty states, they were like, we're just not going to assess them all, and we'll just torture you with doing a driving test. Yeah, no, I actually, I got an explanation for this. Um, they were saying, so the way the U.S. works, the driving test is a bit different. Like what's required to pass your driving driving test is different in each state. Uh, a little different. Like, okay. so some of the requirements in the, in Japan, some states follow the same, some states in the U.S. Re- follow the same requirements that are in Japan, but some of the states do not. And it's just too much of a pain for them to go through which states are which. Um, so what they do is they just have all of the U.S. They have to be tested because because some of the requirements are different in different states and they don't follow the Japanese requirements. Gotcha. Okay. I guess that makes yeah. sense to me. And it, it's funny as a foreigner, like I was really frustrated the first time I failed. I was like, I want an explanation. Show me a rubric. <laughs> and, <laughs> And then my, you know, my supervisor kind of explained things. I remember at the time and I was like, okay, you know, that makes sense. And I started to think about it in my mind. I'm like, you know, sometimes we don't know all the rules or we don't know something. And then we become really frustrated. We think like people are like actively trying to be mean to us or something. Yeah. You know, it wasn't that. It was me being, you know, not knowing all the rules and not maybe missing some part and not realizing it. And then, you know, getting myself in trouble. So. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I I definitely had that kind of a feeling um, when I had to get the written test because they had us do the written test. And then if you pass the written test, you're allowed to go on to the the driving test. And the problem with my written test wasn't wasn't the test itself. Um, It was that. What was it? We had to have our driver's license for at least a year in our home country before we could pass the test. And I had recently gotten a new passport in in Japan at that time. So I didn't have proof that I was in my country for the same amount of time that I had my license. Because your driver's license in the U.S., it just has the expiration date right i'm trying to remember yes but it has it has no way of proving that i've been driving a year there uh a year six months something like that i don't remember the rule exactly but i had no way of proving so they were like okay if you have like your um diploma from like university that proves that you had been there long enough and i was like okay that's great so i got my diploma from a university but my university is a very it was a very traditional type of university so our diplomas are all in latin 
Wow. Yeah, yeah. So my actual diploma, yeah, my actual diploma from university is in Latin. So um, I was like, what am I supposed to do? Like, I can't, I can't translate this for you. So I had to pull up like an English one. But then they were like, that doesn't have the presidential seal from your university. And I was like, well, what do you want me to do? So and it was just, it was very, very frustrating. Just feeling like, are you just being mean to me? Like, yeah. I have a driver's license. Like, it obviously expires in a while like I probably had it for a while but but it was just there's no way of proving it and so that was just so so frustrating of just trying to prove like that I had had it long enough to have the experience of driving so wow. oh. you had added complications that I'm glad mm-hmm. I didn't have <laughs> yeah that's cool so yeah. you're where did you go to school where did I go to school? A uh, university? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. my college was in upstate New York, actually. Um, okay. Near, nice. near the Finger Lakes region. Wow. All right. It's not yeah. too far from Rochester. Awesome. Yeah. No, no, Wait, no. Which, not at all. Which school was it? Uh, Wells College. It's very Wells small. College. Okay. Yeah, it's very so I, small. If you know Cornell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, very well. So it's right in that area. So Wells College used to be Cornell's sister school when it was like back in the day and it was boys and girls. So um, Wells College used to be the sister school. So it's just up the lake from Cornell. Cool. Mm-hmm. And they, they do it all Latin old school. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if they've changed yet. But yeah, yeah. they're very, very traditional. That, that brings me into kind of what brought you into jet? Like, did you study Japanese? What did you major in? Oh, no. Um, well, yeah, I studied Japanese a little, but um, okay. I majored in religious studies. Really? Um, it has nothing okay. to do with, yeah, nothing to do with Japan. Um, but I, I just, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do after I had graduated college. And I actually had a friend um, that I made in college that was Japanese, but her parents had moved to the States when she was really little and she would tell me things and I'd be like, Oh, that's interesting. So I decided to study Japanese because I thought she was an interesting girl and I wanted to just, she, she spoke English. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like she, she spoke Japanese as well, but I just thought it would be funny to study Japanese and like talk to her in Japanese, um, sometimes cause sometimes she would speak Japanese. Um, so I started, I studied maybe like a year and a half of Japanese, um, something like that. So when I graduated, my Japanese teacher was actually like, Hey, do you want to go teach there? They actually do that. And I was like, all right, that sounds fun. So, um, it just was a fun, fun thing to do at the time. That's great. Awesome. Wow. You're full of surprises, Jennifer. (laughs) Religious, religious studies. So, so did you like study every religion or like a specific sector? No, 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 no. So um, my major just basically focused on religion in society. So basically how religion affects society, like culture, how how the relationship is put together and um, where you see like the rules of your society coming from religion and how you see basically your rules of your culture as well. And how religion influenced that. So it was really intertwined between religion and actual like uh, cultural studies, society studies. Wow! All right. Wow, it's very. That must have been very in depth. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very nice. interesting um, in connection to Japan because I feel like religion here is 
<laughs> it is, but it isn't. Like it's, it's a thing, but I feel like it's not really a thing. Like, um, have you heard this saying? What is it? Um, Japanese people. What is it? They live like when they're alive, they're Shinto, but when they die, they're Buddhist. Oh no! Have you heard I've this? never heard that before. Yeah, okay, that's my wife. So, yeah. so actually, my wife is Japanese. I I got married to a Japanese girl. Um, oh, okay. And I, yeah, I, I met her probably year four when I was on jet. Um, and we became friends, and and after I moved back home, things kind of heated up, and we got married. So oh wow, that's awesome. That's yeah. great. Yep. Occasionally, I've asked her about religion in Japan because. Like, so in martial arts, I was very big into martial arts, karate, judo, and kendo, mm-hmm. and a bunch of other things. But in our dojo, there's like a kamidana. So it's like a little house. The Shinto god lives for our dojo. So it's kind of like holy ground uh, yeah. in a way. And I would ask them about that. Like, oh, what is that little shelf there? And they would tell me about it. And then, uh, you know, through our experiences like through my experience in the jet program, like, you know, I went to a shrine, you know, on New Year's, I had, I had a few different, you know, experiences with sort of the religious side of things, but I felt that J- Japanese people sort of do religion, but don't really like practice it. If that makes sense. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like somebody dies, they'll go to the shrine and, you know, they'll do the clappy thing and, they'll burn incense and everything. And then they might never go to the shrine the entire year. So it's not like they, they're super connected to it unless some sort of event happens. Most Japanese people, is that, uh, is that what you got or? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I just feel like the juxtaposition of the way they seem to never do religious things. And yet religion seems to be everywhere. You know, like how like everything is a God. And it's like, you know, like right now I'm teaching kindergartens um, and I feel like even through the kindergartens, like it's that concept is there and that exists. Like God is everything. Um, Gods are everywhere kind of thing. Or like even if you if you know, like any of the um, media that comes out from Japan, like any kind of like cartoons or dramas, I feel like that kind of theme pops up. But going to the actual places of worship or um, having that be a focus in your life just isn't a thing. And I think that's so interesting how it's everywhere and yet it's nowhere. Yeah. Again, very Japanese, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very contradictory. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. it's, It's, I think that was sort of a bit of culture shock for me. I mean, I wasn't super religious going into Japan, but, you know, I felt like people here are more aware of religion. It's part of their lives for a lot of people. Not everyone, of course, but a lot of people. And, and it's sort of different. Like, I think my friends who are religious, when I look back, they're going to the synagogue, you know, or they're going to a Catholic church or Christian church, you know, every Sunday. And it's, it's, very, it's very more prevalent in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it's very interesting to get that perspective in Japan. Yeah, no, it really is. Well, and I feel like um, that's another that's another way that the culture is kind of influenced when you look at it, because, you know, you know, your friends go to church like in the States. So the church itself is a society 
it it has its own its own things that you do and you know the people there and you all kind of do the same things throughout the year and you see each other often enough that you make your own society through that church you make your own like um just oh goodness i forgot the word um you just have your own your own place within that church and i feel like in japan that doesn't exist um like it i mean it does to a point, but not not like you're going to see them every week. Not that you're going to go to the church event for this holiday. Like that's that's a really interesting like part of me kind of feels like how do Japanese people even connect? Because I feel like churches is a is a big one. Like um, when I moved back to the states and I was trying to find you know um, my new place, uh, I had moved back to Seattle and like one of the first things I thought of was, you know, find like a church event and you can find people like that's one of the easy ways to get, you know, get in somewhere to make friends, to learn more about a new city. And I feel like um, in Japan, there's, there's not, you can't just join a temple and be like, oh, let's see people like every week and I'll start to make friends because um, that just doesn't exist. Yes, there's there's a big uh, sort of community aspect, I feel like, to Western religions. Like, I mean, even going so far as to have like athletic fields and parties, and it's so like kind of a community and group within itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, very interesting. Like your college, was that, was it a Christian college? Or? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> not at all. I don't, I don't. I don't consider myself Christian. Um, I grew up in a Christian household. But, um, well, yeah, my, my religious experience is just very, it's very strange. Um, we were Messianic Jew for a while when I was younger. Okay. And then my grandparents are kind of strict Catholic, like, you know, Mexican Catholic. Um, Interesting. Yes, but my parents were like Messianic Jew, and then it was just like regular, just Christian. So we had a lot of church. So like... <laughs> On Saturdays, it would be like synagogue. And then on Sundays, I would go with my yeah. grandparents to a Catholic church. So it was it was just a lot going on. You had like both experiences. That's that's pretty cool and unique. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very different. So and then it's it's crazy to just come here and then just, you know, I'm raising my kids here. So we're, you know, we're going on the holidays to the graveyard when we have to go pay our respects. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to greet the gods like on the new year and then we had to go when they were born like there's a certain month um i can't remember like when they're born within a certain period of time you're supposed to go and you get prayed over and then for their three seven and five as well we had to go to the temple and get prayed over so it's it's one of those like trying to understand how it works and when i'm supposed to do what things because like i don't want them to be left out basically (laughs) Yeah, and that's cool. Now you're kind of mixing Japanese with Western culture. Yeah, so. yeah, it's it's a lot, um, but it's it's fun. It's fun to see the similarities and also the differences. Very, very interesting. Going back to like how you made friends with a Japanese person, kind of the same thing happened to me. Mm-hmm. I was an undergrad, went to SUNY Brockport, so I was in the SUNY system uh-huh. for state colleges in New York, and I actually took a ballet class. And in that class, one of the girls was Japanese. She's a grad student. And her name was Michiko. I made friends with her. And and then she said, hey, Mike, you know, you can go 
you know, to Japan and teach English. And I was like, really? I was like, that's a thing. And started doing some research and ended up applying to Jet and getting rejected. So they were like, no, we don't want you. (laughs) Um, So I was sad about that. Went to grad school later on and it was kind of always in the back of my mind. I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm going to make a better essay. I'm going to I'm going to go for it again and see what happened. I applied and that was it. And that was a jet. So it was, it was pretty cool. It's funny. Nice. I feel like like the biggest promoters of going on to jet is Japanese people who are already living in the States. And that people are like, hey, I never thought of actually going to Japan. And then you like meet someone who is from Japan and you're like, huh. That seems interesting. Like, maybe I'll try that. And for me, I guess, like, because I did, I started karate when I was about 10 years old. So I remember seeing the Karate Kid 3 in the movies. <laughs> I saw the second one, which was, like, in Okinawa. I think part of it was filmed in Okinawa. So, and that sparked my interest in Japan and kind of always had the interest through that, but never really pursued it, per se, mm-hmm. until, until I met that girl. And then she was like, oh, become a jet. So it was, it was it was pretty cool. And I guess if I never bumped into her, I might never have gone. That's someone to thank. It's pretty, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. That's awesome. so awesome. Did you, um, how much did yeah. your like martial arts, um, how much were you able to do like martial arts wise in Japan? Because I remember like when we first met, you definitely were doing the martial arts thing and you went to go visit the Kodokan in Mito, right? Like I remember talking yes, to you yeah, about yeah. that and like the history. I remember that. So okay. I was wondering like how much of that did you get to do while you were here? <sighs> I, you know, that was a big part of my stress relief. You know, I, when I would get stressed out, I would go train I mean, my high schools all had martial arts clubs, so I just jumped in and trained with them for free. Uh, and I, I kind of, uh, maybe I was a little bit obsessive with it. <laughs> like I, I would finish with class there and then I would go do a Kyokushin karate class, which is a private dojo. Mm-hmm. So twice a week. So I was like doubling up on things and I was in such good shape. I swear I was like 30 pounds lighter <laughs> than I am today. So <laughs> All that training. Yeah, I mean, I got to participate in tournaments, got to go to Thailand, did some Muay Thai there, traveled to Tokyo as much as I could to do judo there at the Kodokan, the judo Kodokan there, which is the headquarters of judo. So tested for different black belt ranks. I really just had a great experience, especially with Kendo. (laughs) So Kendo is at Koga Third High School. And it was funny. I was kind of like their pet, I felt like. Yeah. They'd be like, Mike Sensei is here. Oh, let's teach him everything we know. Like, <laughs> like they'd bring me around. I remember being at a tournament and my Sensei was like giving a lecture and then he just stopped and like grabbed the teacher. And he's like, this guy here is my foreigner. He's like my guy, Gene. So I'm <laughs> teaching him everything I know. So that was that was pretty awesome, and it, it felt nice because I was sort of part of the team. Mm-hmm. It felt it felt really good to sort of be accepted into that in a lot of ways. Yeah, but being in the high school, speaking of sort of being accepted, like how did you feel when you were in your high schools? Like, did the teachers really kind of invite you in to nomikais things like that, or? Um. Not really. Like, um, I just, I just feel like I had so many schools every day. It was like at a new school. And then some of my schools were only half a year because it was the schools where they were like, okay, like we don't, we don't need you all the time. (laughs) So, um, I feel like it was, it was really hard, um, to try and make that connection with the teachers. 
Um, for sure. I feel like there's a wall, you know, it takes some time to like mm-hmm. finally get, you know, get those friendships, those, those work friendships with your teachers. Um, so that did take a while. I feel like a lot of the times I was placed in the position of being like a buffer for the teachers that no one liked. Um, and I learned Ooh, that no one liked them like after I already left. So like I, after I had left, like I had stopped working there and then I started to hear like all the gossip of like, oh yeah, that teacher. Um, I feel like I heard all the gossip before, but I feel like, um, I didn't really, really know until I wasn't working there anymore. And then I realized, oh, that's why you had my desk next to that teacher. No one liked them. And so like, they um, they needed someone to be near them. So they were like, well, I'll put the ALT there because, you know, she's not here all the time. Oh, my God. So um, and generally, like, I got along well with all my teachers. Um I think I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have enough time to actually start to dislike them, you know, like dislike any of them because I was gone all the time. Like I was, you know, a new school every day. So, um, every day of the week I would be somewhere else. So it really wasn't that big of a deal. Um, so that, that was interesting. That, that was funny. I love, I loved hearing all the gossip. I I think that's the part I liked about being the buffer because, you know, like they recommend, in the training, they were like, okay, find – one of the first things they say is find the nurse and find the the the, the people who work in the office in the school. And generally, if you make friends with them or, like, the librarian, um, they're the ones who – they have a little more time because you know how busy teachers are, right? So if you make friends with them and, like, if you have a good one um, – you can start to spread out to all the other teachers because those teachers kind of pull you along um, is the recommendation. So that's that's what I ended up doing. So uh, so much fun. But of course, Smart. the nurse, the office worker, and the librarian generally know all the gossip, which is kind of, it's hilarious. Wow. See, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I wish I, I should have made friends with those people. Shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, They're so, so entertaining. So um, I think I still keep in touch with uh, one of the school nurses that I had worked with and one of the, she was a home ec teacher. So I still kind of keep in touch with them. So yeah, it's, it's hard though. Yeah, me too. I, I, it is hard. I mean, I think people see people end up getting shifted to other high schools because there's a limited time period that they're at their, you know, at their posting. So I, I have been emailing over the years a couple of teachers that I was pretty good friends with. So it's nice to stay in touch with them. And I actually stay in touch with a couple of my students. Like I just got a postcard from one of them and like we became pretty good friends and she's, I guess, going to have a baby and stuff. It's kind of neat to see them grow up and, you know, be adults and, and uh, have jobs and things. Yeah. Yeah. I had another girl that was in my kendo club and she was kind of like my assistant. Like she do the translation stuff for me mm-hmm. and uh, she liked English. So we're also pretty good friends. So I, I actually met her in Tokyo a couple of years ago before COVID. So <laughs> That's awesome. Was, yeah, I know. It was, it was awesome to get to hang out with her. And, and, you know, again, she's an adult. So we were like drinking shots and <laughs> <laughs> I just never really saw that, you know, happening when you're there in your high school class or something. Yeah. Um, it's it's very different when you see them in their normal clothes versus their uniform. Yep. It's kind of funny. Yep. So very, very interesting. That's that's cool you keep in touch with people. Mm-hmm. And so 
correct me if I'm wrong, was your husband a teacher or is he a teacher? Yes, uh, he is. He is currently still a teacher. Um, when I met him, he was one of the teachers okay. at my schools, but we didn't we didn't teach together. Um, so you know oh, okay. how for Jet you're assigned to the classroom and you and a teacher go to the class together and you're basically there to help them along with like the native English aspect of, Eng- of English. But um, you don't go to, well, for my schools anyway, I didn't go to all the English classes. They still had English classes outside of when I was there. So um, he was one of the teachers that like he just never managed to be in the same room with me when I was teaching. Like he was an English teacher, but he was teaching like other grades or he was teaching other lessons. So we never actually taught together, but we did work at the same school. That's so cool. Wow. Talk about love connection there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was definitely like an interesting, an interesting time for sure. Because, you know, you know how teachers are like, it's, it's, you know, like a fishball bowl, like everyone's watching you. Um, and here, the idea is you're always a teacher, whether you are in school or out of school. So even out of school, you still have to have, you know, your teacher persona on constantly. So um, I feel like dating for sure was interesting because we always had to go like a couple towns over because we didn't want to meet any students. Oh, wow. So, um, and yeah. you know how here it's it's like you're not you're not out in the open being like just dating people and everyone knows or you're not supposed to be. They'll talk about you though. Um, But it's kind of like, I feel like this happened all the time with my teachers is all of a sudden, like a teacher would be there in the morning announcements and be like, Oh yeah, I got married this weekend. And and it's always like, wait, you had a boyfriend? Like, (laughs) When did that happen? Yeah. 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 It was always very surprising. So I feel like it was the same for me though, because it was kind of like, you know, it was our thing. Like it wasn't a secret, but it was like a, it's no one else's business unless we are actually getting married. Um, so I feel like that was just kind of a, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's not a secret, but it's a, it's not your business kind of thing. So um, when we actually did tell people we got married, like I had some of my teachers cause I had so many schools. So they know like the teacher's community is really small. Like they know each other. So um, I had some of my teachers actually call his school and they were like, you got married. <laughs> When did this happen? <laughs> so that was very interesting. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I, like I said before, they kind of spread out too because they they get posted other schools. So I'm sure they were like calling, like all like everyone in the prefecture knew Jennifer got married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, basically, so, I had a, a lot of schools. So and then I mean, even if they didn't know who I married, like if they didn't know my husband specifically, they could look him up. Like they have the. They have that, you know, teacher book that has like who's at what school and what do they teach kind of thing. Yeah, they had a flip yeah, book, right? Yeah. The Facebook. Yeah. And well, and they <laughs> literally, huh? Um, <laughs> well, and yeah. they do have teacher training. So um, I feel like even if you don't know a teacher, you may have seen them or taken participated in a training with them at some point. Um, so there was that too. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty tight knit for Japanese teachers. Like being a, being a teacher, I was a teacher in the U.S. in high schools. When I finished grad school, I, I had friends that went off to be teachers, but everything's sort of self-contained mm-hmm. in your district and in your individual school. But I feel like in Japan, especially when we went to like the headquarters, like the teacher training center yeah. in Ibaraki, like you get to meet 
all kinds of people, all kinds of teachers, and everyone seems to know each other. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that kind of camaraderie was was really cool. And I really liked that versus sort of in the US, like only, I mean, I don't think I even went out of my classroom that much like to really talk to other teachers. You're just sort of in there and that's it. So yeah. You really have to make sort of a bigger effort in the U.S. versus Japan. Yeah. Well, and I think I think that might be part of the reason why it would be difficult for ALTs to um, make those connections with their teachers because, you know, it could be the next year your teachers are moving schools because they are required to move schools. So yeah. it could be like the next year they're going to move schools. So they're like, well, I mean, I'll talk to you when I can, but. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and also like maybe they just they just don't have the time. Like they have other things they're working on, so there's that as well. And then for ALTs, like no one's expected to stay forever, so it's really like, oh well, I'm not. I'm you're not going to be around forever. I actually noticed um, because I'm still here. I'm working. I'm working as an ALT um, for kindergartens actually, but. I've noticed that I kind of have the same feeling about it, like for other ALTs. It's not that I don't want to make friends. It's just that a lot of me kind of feels like, oh, well, you're going to be leaving in a little bit anyway. Like you won't be here that long. <laughs> so um, I don't I don't like that attitude, but I feel like it's I can't help. Yeah. But you get tired of yeah. goodbyes. You know, as people keep leaving, you're just like, yeah. oh, this is exhausting. It's such a transient community, like the the foreigners, yeah. right? So kind of in and out, you make this great connection with someone and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm going back home. It's like, what? No. Yeah, yeah um, but that's for sure. That kind of made me sad a little bit. So kind of on that topic, like as a foreigner living so long in Japan, I mean, have you made a stronger connection with foreigners in your area or, or like Japanese people? Um, both. Well, I mean, I can't help, but make connections with the ALTs in my area because they, um, we have monthly meetings. So, um, kind of like jet, but I feel like it's not on the same. I don't go out of my way to be like, Hey, let's hang out outside of, outside of those meetings. But partially that's because, I mean, I already have my family and also, I mean, I'm kind of older than most of them. So, um, there's that as well. So some of the other lifers, there's one other lifer in my area. So, I mean, he's just here. He's, he's never leaving. Um, so, but it's kind of like we, we have our own. You know how I, I feel like they say the ALTs, you make friends because, <laughs> this is kind of sad, but basically you have no other choice. <laughs> um, like you're friends with the other ALTs. Like it's, it's not like you would ever be able to have a chance to have that connection outside of the ALT community because maybe your lifestyle is so different or your goals are so different. But it's, it's kind of nice that you can make that connection with so many different people with ALTs. But it's also, you know, kind of sad because it's like you, you can't really choose your friends. So um, you just end up being friends That's with true. whoever's here. Um, you know, it's a good, it's a good thing. It's a bad thing. Like it's, you know, it's both. I felt that way too, that you definitely bring up an interesting point that as an ALT, you'd be friends with people you probably normally wouldn't in the US. Maybe they have a different personality or political yeah. view or lifestyle or something, you know, like, like some of my friends were very heavily into anime and just kind of wasn't really my thing. Yeah. 
you know, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't necessarily be friends with them, but I think we were brought together because we were foreigners and we were in Japan. Yeah, it's, so. it's a, definitely a big connecting point. I mean, even for us, like, I mean, I'm still in contact with you. Um, we don't talk too, too much, but like you yeah. have you have your martial arts thing, you have your life in New York. And I feel like it's it's nice that I can have this connection with you. Um, that I feel like would not have normally happened if we had not both been ALTs. That's very true. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, I'm glad we <laughs> have that connection. So it's, it's always great to, to hear from people that I met in Japan mm. and, and made that connection and, and be able to kind of continue that relationship. Right? Like, so, I feel like there was, there was right. you know, the, the, what, it was everyone who was from the UK? Like that whole group like existed that that came together from the UK on jet that we had all met. And like even some of them I still message sometimes. But um, I feel like I definitely would never have met them or had any kind of connection with them True. if I had not been an ALT. So that's that's that was very interesting for sure. Yeah, I've I've never like I was glad I, I was happy to get UK friends. I'm like, oh my god, I love your <laughs> accent. <laughs> that was fun yeah, for me. And I, I still talk to Ben. So Ben is still around. I think he's in like Indonesia or somewhere teaching English, That's China, funny. maybe. Um, I, yeah, I, I keep in touch yeah, with Becca. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, Becca was awesome. You know, like I really liked Becca. She was probably the closest jet to me. She's mm-hmm. in Yuki. About, I'd say, 30, 35 minutes away. So I heard one day it was her mm-hmm. birthday. So I showed up with flowers. I, I was like, oh, you know would do something nice for her. Hopefully she'll be home. I kind of went to surprise her. And if she wasn't, I was just going to leave a little note with them next to her mm-hmm. door. So I knock on her door. And this is interesting about stress. And she was like, oh, hold on. She gave me like the finger, you know, one moment. So she's like talking to someone on her phone. All of a sudden she takes her phone and throws it in the ground and it exploded. And I'm like, oh my God. So I don't know. I can't remember why she was so frustrated, but I was like, oh my God, like maybe I uh-huh. should go. Like, and she's like, no, no, stay. I think she was kind of crying oh, no. and stuff. <laughs> I know, right? So I gave her the flowers. I'm like, oh, here you go. And then I, she like did a 360 and was like, oh, thank you so much. I'm having such a terrible Aww. day. And, you know, I, I was happy that I was able to like kind of cheer her up. It was it was cool. I liked Becca a lot. I Ben and and I used to tease her nonstop, <laughs> like when we'd hang out. So sometimes she'd get a little bit angry yeah. at us, but we we had fun t- together. And I'm hoping uh, did she move yeah, back? Yeah, yeah. She got married, had a baby. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's Sweet. it's nice. It's it's interesting how as an ALT with your fellow ALTs, you're kind of in the trenches together. It's a really great binding. Um, kind of moment for ALTs because you're all going through the same kind of stresses you're all I mean everything is different like they always say on jet everything is different but I feel like a lot of the major stressors are generally the same like just living so far from home and everything is just so different and trying to get along in a foreign language um is not the easiest and being an ALT having fellow ALTs Jet did a really good job at kind of binding us together like making it so that there's a way for us to connect um I'm working for a different company now and I feel like they don't have that same push as trying to make an ALTs um connect and become friends giving them the opportunity to get closer to each other because I mean, I feel like in Japan, it's really necessary um, 
to have some kind of connection because it's really hard to make friends here, I think. Um, so if you have, yeah, for yeah, survival, for survival right? you need some kind of, you That's need that friend thing. to show up with flowers and be like, happy birthday. And you can be like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. <laughs> that's so great. So um, I feel like yeah. Jet does a really good job of making that possible by giving the opportunity for the ALDs to connect. Um, so not all, not all companies, ALT companies do that. No, I've heard that. Which, which company, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I'm working, working for, for Intrac. Oh, Interac. Okay, cool. I actually looked at that. My wife and I would like to move uh-huh. back eventually. And I was looking at, like, they have trainers. I had a guy come to my high school, was like mm-hmm. a trainer. He was funny because he started, like, kind of chatting with me. And he's like, oh, man, you're like the Mr. Adventure. <laughs> like, you're going off in these, like, far off uh-huh. places. So that kind of stuck in my mind. And maybe if I return, I'll, I'll apply for a position like that where you just kind of mm-hmm. travel around and and train the Japanese teachers. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. I feel like there's a lot of good points for Interact, too. Um, it's definitely very different from Jet, though. Mm-hmm. I think um, for... If you already if you already have your own thing going, your own life, and you don't really need to make those connections, I guess, um, Interact is very convenient. Because yeah. it's just like, you know, you do your work, and you can go home, and you can you know, do your own thing. Like, it's not a big deal. Um, Unlike Jet, I feel like Jet is really good for, you know, first timers coming into Japan. They do a lot, a lot better at trying to keep you mentally put together, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah, A lot of sort of team building more. And I I like that aspect of it. I thought that was a good solid foundation to, you know, jump into other positions. Yeah. Well, and I think Jet also did a really good job of like, you know, grouping people. Like there was like Jet Women's Mm -hmm. Society. Like, I don't think that's what it's called, but there was a group that existed. And if you had like a girl problem, like I'm trying to find a girl doctor in Japan, what do I have to do? Um, I feel like they had, you know, a a contact point to deal with whatever you're dealing with. Like people who have the same kind of, uh, I don't want to say issues, but going through the same experience as you. So like there was, I know there was like a, um, I know there was a LGBT, um, you know, the, the, yes, 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 the, the ABC mafia, um, that one, <laughs> that one. So I know there was one of those. I know there was a woman's, I'm not sure if there was a man's, I don't know, but I know there's a woman's one. And I feel like, um, like there were, I don't know if there was an actual like group, but we kind of started to phone uh, like Jewish, um, jets, like kind of thing like existed um so i feel like they're they're definitely did a very good job at trying to like group people like in the training and like giving you the opportunity to talk to people who are in your same position uh definitely helped with those stressful days because it kind of went up and down with stress mm-hmm. for me i thought i did fairly well like i hit a point i think it was year three where I was pretty stressed out. I was like, what am I doing here? Like, maybe I should go back home or jump into another job. Like, how did you deal with the stresses? Oh, my gosh. Like, what did you do? Um, I would say it was it was less stressful when I actually got to be in contact with someone who spoke my own language. It didn't even have to be someone who was from the U.S. Like, just somebody who could speak English naturally and, like, could understand me without me having to slow down my English. 
um, and like understood like some of my cultural references. I feel like sometimes I just needed that break. I needed a break from Japan and just, you know, being constantly on to like how I talk and what words I use. Um, it was, I feel like that was the most stress relief for me, like being able to just exist without having to um, change anything so that other people could understand. I feel like that was the easiest. I think, oh my gosh, I think the most, I think my one breakdown point was like, <laughs> now that I, I, I remember there was this time, like it was just, you know, it was, I had been in Japan for, you know, um, I don't know, half a year maybe-ish. And, you know, I was at my schools and just things were very busy and, you know, trying to catch the bus on time, like trying to make friends with my teachers, um, not being able to really speak Japanese or like listening. I didn't really catch what they were saying. And like, I remember I went to the ATM and the ATM was always a nightmare. Like every time I'd go, I'd, I'd like get hives. I was like, oh my gosh, like I have to try and work this ATM in Japanese oh, no. to try and get money because cash society. Um, they're doing cards more now, but at the mm. time, like it was more of a cash society, so you had to have cash, which means you had to go to the ATM. Um, so I remember going to the ATM and I couldn't figure out the right buttons to get money out. And like I tried and it was like, boo boo, like wrong, wrong, wrong button or whatever, boo boo. And it was like, it was like five oh. times, like, and it was just like, I was trying to figure it out, but it's all in Japanese. Like, I don't know what it says. And I just remember like a line, like behind me, like I could see out the door, like the line of people waiting for the ATM. And it was just so much stress. And like, I just started crying. And I was like, I can't read. Like, <laughs> you know, just the idea of like, I'm, how old was I? 24? Like I'm a 24 year old, like college graduate and I can't read a word. And it was just, just the, the weight of that just hitting me at that moment while I was in the ATM and people were waiting and I couldn't get money out. It was just so, so frustrating. And I just remember just like crying and going home and being like, I can't do this. Like, I can't read it all. <laughs> that was really rough. So, um, oh. oh, that sounds rough. I did. But you made I it. Did. You made it. I was, I was finally able to like contact someone and like, you know, I was able to get that stress out by just, you know, talking about it and being like, oh my gosh, like, it's okay. It's a foreign language. <laughs> and we'll figure out the ATM thing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's great. So, uh, kind of like the same for me. I, I totally felt like that. One day I pulled up to the gas station. And I put in gas, right? I just filled the tank up. It was, it was about halfway. And then I drove off. And maybe three or four minutes later, the Ooh. car starts shaking. And it's like, and it just, like, I was able to pull over, luckily. So, and then there were, like, fumes coming out of the car. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, what happened? Maybe something happened with the car. So I got out. And I didn't know what to do because it wouldn't turn on. So I get my phone and I'm like calling my supervisor who spoke very good English. Like it was very natural. Like he mm -hmm. lived in Texas for all of junior high and high school and then moved back and took, he took the test to enter high school and stuff. So like he was very fluent in English. He's like, Mike, what's going on? How can I help you? So he showed up. Uh, we got the car towed. And like, I had to wait there for like an hour and a half, like on the side of the road in the dark, the cops like pulled over and were like talking to me. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know what to tell them. I'm looking at my like translation book. 
it was so frustrating. If I was a girl, I would have totally cried mm-hmm. that day. <laughs> Later on, I found out that I put the wrong <gasps> gas in my car. Like oh, I put no. diesel in. <laughs> so I, I feel like a complete <sighs> idiot. And you know, in America, all the gas is usually mm-hmm. color coded green, yeah. red, or yellow, right? So in Japan, it's not, it just has the numbers. I took the wrong one and made that mistake. So, so I was a mm-hmm. dance major in college also. In addition to history, I did um, not know that. know that. I didn't really <laughs> broadcast that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I danced when I was a kid, and then I I took up martial arts and stuff and other sports, and then came back to it in college. Mm. So I went. I think I went to a ballet class in Tokyo. One of the girls there was from America. I think she's from. Uh-huh. PA thing and then you know I was just like oh my god like we went out to lunch after class it was just felt so good speaking English to her like naturally I was like oh my god I, I like did something completely stupid I feel like an idiot she's like Mike it's gonna be okay you survived <laughs> at least you didn't blow up oh my so, gosh I know right I was like I blew my car off now what am I gonna do <laughs> oh man man what a day it was just you know it I think there were a few times that I did something idiotic and, and then just that frustration, but I always bounced back and survived somehow. And it was a good day. Yeah. I I feel like, um, I constantly was hearing stories like that. Um, like, well, I know I did things too. That was just like, Oh my gosh, what are you doing? But I feel like I was constantly hearing stories about that, about my predecessor actually, because, um, because she was, she was only there a year, but, um, I had one of those, you know how they say like in training that like, you know, there's a chance you are coming after a super ALT or you're coming after, after an ALT that no one liked. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a chance, like yeah. if you have one of those ALTs before you, when you come, it's going to be a rough experience. So I had one of the, the ALTs that, I mean, unfortunately she just didn't take like at the school and, um, they were constantly talking about all her mishaps and part of it was like this poor girl is in a foreign country and like (laughs) she's having all these all these troubles um so it's just like oh man I hope I hope someone could have helped her out more but I think she was just done after a year she just she she couldn't do it with all her mishaps so like she um it was just things that like you know how when you move here like your common sense from where you grew up does not always apply with common sense that is here yes Mm -hmm. i completely understand that yeah so i feel like there there was a lot of that happening for my predecessor um just everything that had applied to her life before she had gotten here was one thing but then after she got here it was really hard to apply those things like you know like i mean i'm used to using a dryer and like the idea of leaving your clothes out to dry Mm -hmm. like I think that's that's one of the things that she ended up doing that they, she flooded the whole apartment because she had left her windows open to dry her clothes, but she didn't realize it was going to rain. And it's Tatami. Yeah. Oh my God. A Tatami apartment. And she yeah. flooded it. And like the teachers had to go show up and like try and mop up like the whole thing. Like it was just <laughs> a huge one, one thing after wow. another. But I remember that was one of the big ones they had told me about. They were like, make sure you close your windows. <laughs> I was like, Oh man. So, yeah. but oh my God. you know, it's one of those things. Like if, if you're like me and you use a dryer all the time, like in the States, when you move here and then it's like, Oh, you actually have to dry your clothes. Like 
physically like <laughs> hang them um it's one of those things you got to get used to so yeah definitely a culture shock a little bit same for me like i had to hang up everything that was wow but yes, that ALT flooding yes, her apartment, the apartment man so well and then like there's another ALT um a different school that i was working at um i only heard about it later they couldn't figure out how to turn on their gas the gas in their house because yeah so well i mean you know i don't know if your apartment was like this but for mine like we had to turn on the gas to get hot water for the shower yeah so um they couldn't figure out how to turn on the gas so for about a year they had been taking cold showers and they were constantly sick constantly sick they couldn't figure out how to work the gas and it was just one of those I don't know. They just, they couldn't figure it out for some reason. Like, and they just, they were constantly sick. No one could figure out what was wrong. And then it was like, oh, you're like constantly taking like these freezing showers. (laughs) You just didn't turn on the gas. So, and then like, um, another one was the, yeah, I know. Right. That blows my mind. Could you live like that? That blows my mind. Oh my God. I would have. I would have asked someone, like, please show me. Like, Google it for yeah, God's sake. They, Google just, it. They, they didn't realize um, that that's what they needed to do. Geez. It's the same with the aircon, though, because, like, I've heard of a lot of other LTs, too, that didn't realize that the aircon, their air conditioner, is also the heater. Yes, yeah, so they, they think yes. it's only cooling, but they don't like realize because like, of how cold it gets here. Like, if you don't have any kind of heater, that's insane. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you cannot do that. So I've heard of those kind of things, too. Like, yeah. In Japan, like no one would live like that. Oh, Jennifer, I, <laughs> I'm a bald man. I have no hair, <laughs> and we think constantly about how to keep our head warm, right? So I, I keep like hats everywhere and hats in my car. But speaking uh-huh. of it being cold, like my actual bedroom <gasps> did not have a heater in there, ah. so it's just my living room. So I, I had a system of like Toyu heaters. Like these mm-hmm. like kerosene heaters lined up like out, you know, out to the bathroom at <laughs> night. So it's like turned them all on. Um, I had my Denki Mofu go in, but my pillow would get so cold that I would like turn at night, like to shift. And my head was so cold. I would wake up and be yeah. like, oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> oh, I'm freezing to death in Japan. Yeah, that's normal. So, Not. <laughs> oh, Oh my God! Not well, yeah. yeah. You don't forget Ugh. those. Don't forget those days. Like it's it's still cold now, but I feel like yeah. my um, house that I'm living in, like your housing for Jet, like it's it's totally up to wherever they want to put you. So I feel like my ha- yes, it's luck of the, like draw. Luck of the draw. So you yeah. know, some people are in like houses, yeah. houses, but maybe they're like really, really old. So um, I feel like my apartment was like super old. I only had a Japanese toilet. So, um, I, yes. Oh, and it was freezing. Oh, no. did, did you ever figure yes. out the Japanese toilet? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm still oh trying gosh, to figure that out. It was out. a lot. So, so they had like, they have a toilet seat that you buy and put on, but it's still, it's, it's freezing. And like my bath wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, the modern baths now, like the most baths in Japan have like the button that like fills it up with water and heats it up. Right. But I had like the old bath where I had to turn on the gas and like crank it a few times and then I had to, it was kind of like lighting a pilot light. Like I had to crank it a few times, turn on the gas and like press and turn. And I could hear it go, ding. And like all the time I thought I was going to blow myself up. 
So, but it's, oh I mean, God. I don't feel like that's normal Japan. I feel like that's sometimes as an ALT, you get one of those older places that you have to figure out how everything works. This is true. Like my first apartment was on a fourth floor. And after we had a bunch of big earthquakes, like I think it was like year two, maybe year one, year two. And I was like, like the apartment's shaking. I'm like, oh my God, what's going on? My, my apartment's chocked full of old shit. Like every, I swear, like four mm-hmm. generations of ALTs live there. So I had all kinds of stuff. Like I filled an entire garbage container full of crap from from all the ALTs that lived there when I moved. Um, yeah. So that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of like what I what I found interesting is the kids knew where I lived before <laughs> I even knew where I lived. Like I was like walking around trying to find my apartment. They're like, "Oh, you live over there, Mike Sensei." I'm like, "What? <laughs> How do you know where I live?" Yeah. It's just funny. Yeah. It's it's totally you know apartments are hit or miss. And, you know, when, when I went up to Hokkaido, I was very shocked to mm-hmm. see that they had heated floors in some of the houses there. Like, there were beautiful houses, modern houses, like in apartments. But when you get down to, like, Tokyo area, like, Kansai and Kanto and things, it's, like, yeah. paper thin the walls. And, you know, we really felt like yeah. I was an old Japan or something. Yeah, all my know? floors were tatami. So, so there was that. But, but it's one of those, you know, mm-hmm. like you you kind of get what you get like i was in teachers housing um so like i guess uh, a while ago oh, um, really? i don't know how oh. many years it probably would have been a, a while ago like it was old when i was there so um a while ago like teachers used to yeah. be housing provided like cheaper or at a cheaper rate so they had teachers housing yeah. so they have like these apartment buildings yeah they had apartment buildings that? and it was supposed to be just for teachers but wow no teachers lived there like uh like some teachers did but mostly it was like single oh. guys um no one no one else would live there there's oh, they're meant to be oh, family okay. apartments because back in the day i guess teachers could actually live there with their families but they don't need that anymore no one wants to live there anymore so um when i was there it was mostly single guys who were living in those apartments um because they were so terrible so when my um my husband, when he was my boyfriend at the time, when he moved into the apartment with me, he was like, who lives like this? Like, he's, he's from Japan and he was just like, this is terrible. Like, who lives like this? Um, because, you know, left of the drama. But it was super cheap. My apartment was only, it was three rooms. It was like a terrible bathroom in a Japanese bathroom. But it was a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. What? Oh my God. You came home. Yeah. Made it rich. Yeah. Like that's amazing. That's amazing. I think I paid. How much did I pay? I had a two DK, which was really nice. It was more modern. I had a separate. My, nice. my shower was huge. I was like, man, this is amazing. <laughs> I had a separate toilet. Ooh. I had a super toilet actually in my like it opened when you walked in. It played music and stuff. Fancy. I was really entertained by the bathroom, and I think I paid because around five or six hundred. No, no, month, no, no. That's not too bad. bad. Right? Um, but but definitely, the, no. even though I had like so many complaints about my apartment, like during the earthquake, you know, the big one. Um, when the big earthquake happened yeah. in 2011, I was yeah. I was definitely crossing yeah, my fingers and saying, please, yeah. please, please fall down. please, please. <laughs> And then I got there and of course it didn't fall down because <laughs> it's, you know, really sturdy. Um, but I, I mean, I could have moved out. I just, I didn't want to pay, you know, all that extra money. Like, I mean, it was a hundred bucks. That's, that's really cheap. So 
Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Now you won the lottery on that. It was. It was that's pretty- that's fantastic. I, you know, when you mention your apartment being sturdy, I picture like a Soviet era bomb factory. Like my schools, yeah. I was shocked at my schools, right? Like, yeah. I was like, where am I yeah, going? Very, like, is this a school? Very solid <laughs> concrete building? building that's that's going nowhere. I feel like a lot of schools are built in either the 60s or the 80s, like when the big mm. bubbles happened in Japan. So they just retrofit them all and they make them work. Uh, and, and in America, where like my... High school built a multi-million dollar entertainment wow. facility with lights and stages. I mean, it's crazy. Like, I don't know how they uh-huh. got that kind of money from the state and the federal government, but they did. I mean, President wow. Bush was hosted there. And like before before we became Jets, I actually worked at a police department. I was not a police officer, but I it, we had like peace officer and police officer. So mm-hmm. there were different titles uh, so we went kind of through an abridged academy and I wrote lots of parking mm-hmm. tickets and worked the courts and stuff, the security. But we worked that event. And, you know, when I went to Japan, I was like, man, like the schools here do not look like no. <laughs> the ones in the U.S. at all. No. Um, well, and I feel like, you know, um, yes, did, yes, did that for sure. You? Well, and like, I feel like I'm learning a bit more about that as a parent here. Um, because I feel like I, I get to see more from the other side of it. Um, in, in this, well, I feel like in the States you have like the, you know, fundraising and talking to the parents about gathering money for whatever event, or if the school wants, you know, new playground equipment, then the students and the parents fundraise. Right. But here that's, that's not a thing. Yep. Like it's kind of like, um, it's really along the lines of education is provided for you. Um, you you don't you have the right to that education. I think is what the feeling is here. Um, everyone has a right to the education. Is the feeling that I get like as a parent living here. Um, so they don't they don't want to do anything with money. Like it's you know you. The school has money. They're fully funded by the government and they don't get money from the parents to build up the school, I guess is essentially the feeling I get. Um, so that's that's very interesting. Like, I feel like a lot of the things that I saw on Jet school wise that like, oh, this building seems so old or like, oh, why don't they have better equipment? Part of me is like, oh, yeah. why can't the parents fundraise? But but they make it work, you know, like they still, they do what they need to do and they get the education. Mm-hmm. They're provided that education. So that's, that's really nice. Um, I was actually talking to another mother recently because I was trying to figure out if I want my son to go to private school or if I want him to go to the public school that's up the street. Um, the public school up the street is nice. It's really new, but yeah. I'm not sure if I want to put him there. So I was looking into private education, mm-hmm. but um, one of the schools I was looking at, the mother was like, Oh, well they, they, want contributions from the parents for that school so you know I don't I don't think you should go there she was like school shouldn't be asking for money and I was just like whoa that's very interesting because I feel like it's it's kind of standard I felt for the U.S. like I, I didn't go to public school I went to private schools in the U.S. but I feel like the idea of okay. schools gathering money for whatever just seems like a normal thing to me but here, like talking to some other mothers, it's, it doesn't seem like a thing at all. 
Yeah, and, and the, the super heavy burden of tax that's placed on a community. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like when you try to buy a house here, like we pay around, I, I've seen people pay anywhere from five to $10,000 wow. in tax in my town. One of the teachers I worked with was like, oh, we're paying $8,000 in tax. I was like, 8000 You can almost buy a new car every couple of years for that. And it's it's sort of shocking as an American to, to have to fund like all the buses we fund here. Like I, I thought hard about this and I, when I talked to people about it, they're like, yeah, like we have fleets of buses that need to be reconditioned, brakes, tires, like the winter's yeah. horrible here in New York. I mean, we're also paying a lot for technology. So every kid gets a laptop and all that stuff. But, you know, all that tech has yeah. to be replaced every two to three years, maybe shorter than that. So, you know, it, it is a huge burden on on people in the community. And I feel like in Japan, I, do you guys pay? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just... As far uh, as school tax goes. I couldn't speak to that specifically because um, I don't know. I don't know. I know, I mean, just okay. citizens tax in general is, it's high. So <laughs> it's just, it is, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's one of those. It just depends on where you live in Japan. But... I don't know. Like the schools in the schools yeah. in this area are pretty good. Um, I feel like the high school though still has that, you mm-hmm. know, like you were saying that like bunker type of feel. Like it's like solid concrete. Like <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Um, I feel like part of the problem is probably that though too. Um, you know how if you want to get rid of a building in Japan, like you can't just get rid of it. Like you actually have to pay to have it processed. It has to be broken down. And like the parts that can be reused have to be processed as reused parts. The parts that you have to throw away in trash, you actually have to pay to throw that away. Like a lot of money to get rid of that. Um, So that old concrete building is going to be very, very expensive if they want to tear it down and rebuild it. So it's almost cheaper for them to buy more land and build a new school on more land rather than tear down that actual building because uh, they'll just have to process it. So it'll be super, yeah. super expensive. Yeah, it's interesting how, how it works that way. Like even with cars, like if you want to get rid of your car, they have to take all the metal out of it. Like you're paying basically a recycling mm-hmm. fee just to get rid of a car if you want to get rid of it forever. Here in the U.S., they actually pay you for the parts so and stuff they they remove out of there so it's kind of the opposite it's, yeah it's very interesting. It, is. it works that way for everything i did you notice um, like while yeah. you're here like it's really you don't hmm. really see old cars like on the street like not at all like generally no. everyone has like mm-hmm. you know nicer looking newer cars so i i feel like that was one of the aspects of living in japan that that was interesting like you never see like you know the car with like the duct tape mirror or like plastic to like (laughs) you don't see that um so that was that was definitely an interesting aspect of living here for sure yeah i mean i saw a 55 chevy bel air though like it's it's weird you'll see all the brand new cars and you'll see these like really classic cars you're like what the hell but it it was driven Uh by yakuza people actually and they stopped and like tried to talk to me hey gosh what time is it i'm like what yeah like i think they're just fucking with me because they had crazy hair i actually i went to school and i was like "Ah, sensei this is what happened and i started telling my supervisor he's like what they look like again oh those are the yakuza you shouldn't hang out with them that's another one of those you know common Uh, sense here that doesn't apply to home like you don't know who you should or should not be hanging around mm. like (laughs) you don't know 
So, um, yeah, like who's yeah, in a gang? I didn't know they were really in a gang. don't know. Or, um, what is it? The, the, there was one of the ALTs who no. wanted to learn more Japanese, so he was hanging out at bars. But bars here are so different from the states. So, the bars he was hanging out is like the old people bars, and they're hanging out there, and their Japanese、yes. became like old person Japanese. Oh, and because it is different. Like the way a girl speaks is different、huh. from the way a boy speaks. Like the words they use, the intonations and everything.、Um, sure. So if you're hanging around like old drunk guys in a bar, you're going to end up speaking like an old drunk guy, which is so funny. It's true. And apparently, I was speaking like <laughs> a 16 year old girl because my, one, of my, one of my schools was primarily、yeah. girls. I'd say 95%. So. Like, they were really interested in me naturally because I'm a guy and a foreigner.、Uh, so, they would always be talking to me, and I'd be like trying to learn Japanese. And then I'd go back to my base school. And apparently, I didn't know this. They told me this later. They're like, Mike, you're like, ALT <laughs> speaking like a 16 year old girl. Why? <laughs> We don't know. <laughs> so, I We thought don't that was、know. so funny.、We、I'm just、know. talking the、What's、way the people on around talk. I, I can't help it. So, I thought that was kind of funny. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just funny. It brings up funny memories. But you're right. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to gauge, you know, who to hang out with and,、mm-hmm. and what's appropriate sometimes and what isn't. So it's, for me, that was part of the adventure of being in、yeah. LT and, and especially being in Japan. I had, I had a couple other opportunities I could have gone to Korea or Europe. So most、yeah. of my family is from Europe, Hungary, and Poland. And I spoke Polish. So <laughs>、uh, it's too, too easy for me. I already know the culture. And, So, coming to Japan, that was、mm-hmm. really a fun point. I feel like that's, that's the same. Like, I understand that feeling because I feel like, you know, my, my family's Hispanic. So, my grandparents speak Spanish. So, I've been around that my whole life. So,、um, I feel like that. Cool. Not very well. Not very well. No,、um, I understand a lot. I understand、no. a lot. I speak a little, but、um, I feel like I was around that. Like my whole life, like that kind of a culture, that kind of a language. So, part of going to Japan was it was just so new, so different.、Um, you know, not like the English speaking English culture that I know, and it wasn't like the Spanish speaking Spanish culture that I was used to. It was just so, so different from everything else that I was like, okay, I'm in. I want to try. So, that was, I understand your feeling. Awesome. Did you? Did you learn Hebrew? No, 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 no.、Um, it was mostly when I was younger, younger.、Um, so, elementary school,、um, when I was, you know, when we were doing Messianic、okay. Jew, when, when my parents had joined that.、Um, so, but we did, do, we did do the Sabbath. We did do, you know, like the holidays. We did Rosh Hashanah. We did.、Um, uh, cool. Oh my gosh, the, the word just slipped. Hanukkah, yeah, we did Hanukkah. Like,、um, yeah, so my dad actually、Hanukkah、just recently、yeah. he was like, oh,、right. it's the Sabbath. Like, we got to have our、uh, Passover? What was it? Like, this last weekend? Passover. Yeah, he was like, okay, Passover, it's Passover. Yeah, like, we're, we're having our dinner. Yeah, yeah. So, like,、okay. he still does some of it, even though he's not, he's not going to the actual synagogue anymore. So, Like,、um, having some basic like, knowledge of other languages, did that help you as far as learning Japanese?、Um, you, like, oh my gosh, I'm、Japanese、a terrible、now? student. No, like, I, I want to say I'm studying, but am I really, like, really, probably not. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, no, I feel like for the setting, I think the thing that has helped me most is just having an interest in the world around me as I'm living here. Um, I feel like while I was back in the States, it was more of a having an interest in the culture. So watching dramas or listening to music, or I had my friend that like, she liked to read comics. She would read comics. And so like, I thought it was fun to try and read comics with her. So um, she'd have them in Japanese. So if it was like in hiragana or katakana, I'd read it. And then she'd read the kanji parts. <laughs> but um, I mean, just having that kind of an interest, That's I feel funny. like helps um, for your language, developing your language. Um, yep. But oh my gosh, studying. They, well, they do have like all those apps now, like Duolingo and stuff like that. Like it's so different from, I feel like when we were there, like I remember like mm, when I was yeah. there, it was like the, the ages of the beginning of yeah. the Apple phone. And I feel like it wasn't really a thing yet. Like it was still pretty new. Um, but yeah. Like we had some tech and we're, you know, we had like the very sort of beginnings yeah. of iPhones and everything. Yeah. So we're kind of an interesting phase. I think it's very different now. In, in tech. I mean, I feel like now, hmm, you know, it's gotta be interesting. Cool. Like my wife, she could speak English fairly well before she came to the States and I worked hard to like kind of find an English school for her. And she like went crazy <laughs> and, like, studying so hard. I was like super That's proud great. of her. <laughs> but I feel like she learned so much more mm. English than I did in Japan. So, and she's only been here two and a half years. She's like working and stuff. Like I felt like I was sheltered as a jet ALT because, mm -hmm. you know, you had all those levels of help and your supervisor was there for me and he could like translate sometimes or I mean, I remember taking pictures of stuff and sending it to him and he's like, oh, yeah. it's this. So, um, and I tried, I tried hard for Japanese for a while, but it was sort of a, it was difficult because everything was set up. For oh my gosh. Yes. Did you take any of those? Tests? Yes. I remember that. Um, not, not yeah. very seriously okay. though. Like, I feel like I signed up for it like on a whim, like, oh, maybe this will make me study. Mm -hmm. Nope. <laughs> so no. <laughs> But no. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's one of the cool things about living here is I feel like those certifications, like not even just for the JLPT, like if you want to study like anything, you can find a certification for the most part. Like, you know, I have a friend who she's studying um, Japanese archery right now. And her goal is before she goes home, she wants to have a, a higher cool. level certification so that when she does it back in her home, like she can say like, I have this. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. Like not even just for Japanese, like anything you want to learn, um, like the calligraphy or if you want to learn um, flower arranging or tea ceremony, like you can actually get a certification, which is really cool. Yeah. That's very, did yeah, you get um, like calligraphy. I have, I have like, the second level certification. Really? Like it's really wow. low. It's really low. But if you get a high enough really? certification. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Like really, it's really low. But um, I feel like if okay, you get a high okay. enough certification, then you can teach. Uh, well, no, that's you cool. can still teach without it, but I feel like it gives you a better, yeah. like, okay, you can actually be a teacher now kind of thing um, of that, whatever you're studying. So that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Like as far as my hobbies go, I, I kind of, kind of continued what I was doing in the States. So, you know, I do martial arts classes. I just went in very in depth with it. And then I would hit up ballet classes in Tokyo, 
you know, whenever I could, but I kind of wish I did calligraphy or like shakuhachi was something I always wanted to learn, but never really got around to it. Oh. Yeah. It's like the Japanese flute. I thought that would have been neat, uh, but you're right. They're like, see, that would be an example. You can like take lessons and get like, graded on it. Yeah. You know, um, do you remember you Kristen enough, so. who was up in Takahagi? I think she's like pretty high up there for yes. Ikebana, like the flower arranging. Yeah. 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 Really? Okay. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah. Do you keep in touch with her? Yep. She's still here. She's teaching at the high school that's like, um, it's a couple stops away from me. So she's she's teaching out there. Yeah. So she lives in Mito with her husband. Awesome. Next time, you know, next time the wife and I visit Japan, probably in a fall, we should all get together. That would be fun to meet. We should. A reunion. That would be great. Yeah. Yep. Should we go to Drunken Duck? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. You know the the ones in Hitachi are all gone. Well, Jeepers is still really? there. Um the one where okay. everyone used to meet Bardega, that one closed. And then Jeepers oh. is still there, but I feel like we weren't there so much. It'd have to be the Drunken Duck, I think. Yeah. It's still a thing. Yeah. There are still all the ALTs it know okay. it. It's still a thing. Everyone so, goes. So did COVID close down a lot of places? Like what was COVID like in Japan? Um, you know, it's it's still it's still ongoing. Um, it's just more masks, like more like please wash your hands kind of thing. Um they do not have as many events, of course. So like all the summer festivals, that kind of a thing, they're not happening. Or like, you know, um for yeah, it is. Or, you know, now's cherry blossom season, right? So like they're their peak um this this week this weekend um their peak and so um so (laughs) their peak this week um their peak this week so normally they would have hanami events where you're supposed to go sit under the cherry blossoms and you know drink and eat and enjoy them right but a lot of that is canceled and they're like no sitting no eating no like you can look but please keep walking so um that's that's kind of a shame but it can't be helped. I, I heard in Tokyo they're just ignoring everything, <laughs> just doing hanami anyway. Oh, I I couldn't say. I know in my area, so there in my area it's not. People aren't doing it. Um, people are still going, and um, like I went to one what Friday. Um, they did have the stands that sell food, and people were buying food, mm-hmm. but they were taking it, like they weren't really sitting and eating. Um, so they're still, I mean, mostly following, following what, what is said, what the government says. Um, and then of course all the schools, like all the kids are required to wear masks. So even my three-year-old, her class, they all wear masks. Oh, wow. All day. So they're all day. Well, the three-year-olds, they're still, they're still working on keeping them on all day, but definitely the four-year-olds and five-year-olds at their school, um, they're already doing masks all day. The elementary high school, junior high school, they're definitely masks all day. Um, and they changed the, uh, so for high school, we never really ate with the students or I never did, but for the junior high school and elementary school, I feel like the ALTs usually are requested to eat with the students to give more of a time to talk and practice English and get to know them, you know, but, um, because of COVID that has kind of stopped in most of the ALTs, at least in my area, they're eating in the teacher's room, which is fine. But, um, because the lunches are silent for a lot of the elementary junior high schools, they're not allowed to talk. 
Um, they're I just didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. That's really different. I mean, I did junior high for about a year and a half because mm-hmm. they, they combined one of my high schools. So it was, it was a high school and then they rotated all the grades out, closed the school, then reopened it as a high level combination junior high high school that's that's a thing and, uh, now like they're combining uh, yep. they're starting to combine all of the high schools junior high schools yep. so your school was in on that <laughs> some, some i think it was one of the test schools that they were practicing it on yeah. so but i got to eat with the kids so like it was required i was like what i'm eating with the children yeah <laughs> so that's that's pretty interesting their food was actually pretty good i was surprised by that yeah because coming from american schools like when I go into high schools now, I'm, I'm still substitute teaching and things, mm-hmm. but their food is not good. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. And the, oh my gosh. I love it. Kyushoku. The Kyushoku here is so amazing. Oh, I love it. All my kindergartens, the kindergartens I work at, their um, Kyushoku is really, really good. And usually they have fruit. You remember how expensive fruit is in Japan? So usually yes. usually we get fruit when we're at the kindergartens for Kyushoku. Um, I don't know the about... The kids need it, though. You know, those vitamins? Yeah. <laughs> Trying it's to get great. them to eat their food, you know? So it's so good. Oh, my gosh. I love it. They must be so cute, the kindergartners. Oh, my gosh. Like, they uh, are. Japanese children are adorable. I love adorable. it. <laughs> I, I love it. And it's so interesting yeah. to see, like, it's it blows their mind the idea that I like I try and really push that I don't speak Japanese so um yeah I really try and push that and it just blows their mind they're just like wait what like they don't they can't understand it and they're like but what about your mom and dad they speak Japanese didn't they teach you Japanese and I'm like no my parents don't speak Japanese at all and they're just like wait what like they don't the, the comprehension is just not there like mind blown every time they're like huh you don't, how do you not know Japanese? Your parents didn't teach you? No, my parents don't teach you. What? <laughs> Why do you not know? A lot of them think I still fly here like every day um, from the U.S. to teach them. And I'm like, I oh, know. That's so cute. That's, so cute. That's awesome. Yeah. Did I, did I tell you like, oh my gosh, there was this one time I made them cry. Like, so I made like this class cry. I didn't mean to. It was Oh my god! So, for a lot of the kindergartens, like Talk one of the it. things you experience is, is they do not understand that you don't speak Japanese. So when you don't understand what they're saying, they think their Japanese is wrong. They think they're the problem. Oh so no. like there was this time where I was just like, wait, what? And I'm trying to get them to repeat so I can try and figure out what they're trying to say. And this this poor child like was just like oh, she doesn't understand me. And they were crying. And like the teacher's like, okay, it's okay. It's okay. And they're like, just go. And like, I've learned to just kind of like pretend I know what they're saying and reply. And then they realize I have no idea what they're talking about. Um, But if I ask what, they will cry because they think their Japanese is wrong rather than I'm wrong. Gotcha. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) So cute. So cute. And that's, you know, it's cool that, you could see your kids go through that too, right? Mm-hmm. So did they go to your school? No. Or were they at a different school? No, they're at a different school. So the way the school system works for kindergarten is very different. Um, they have, it's basically like, so it used to be really separated. There's like daycare, dairy, daycare kind of schools where it's um, zero through five. And that's for people who are working or people who are sick, families that are working or sick or 
um, they just need the extra help are usually those daycare schools. And then they have the kindergarten schools, which is three to five. And the, it used to be the three to five, like not considered daycare schools, had a curriculum and they would follow that and the kids would learn it. It used to be less than three years. Uh, Japan's moving more towards the two-year, three-year kindergarten system. Um, but uh, the daycare schools have now changed because people used to complain. They were like, well, why aren't you teaching like a syllabus and a curriculum and doing more of like a education for the daycare rather than rather than just daycare. So there used to be a lot of complaints about that, so they changed it. So my kids are in like kind of, it's used to be like considered just daycare, but they actually do have an education system there now in place. Um, wow. So that's where they are. And I generally teach at the kindergarten kindergartens, um, which are the three to five. And it's generally, there's someone at home with the kids. That's usually the parents aren't working or if they do work, they're only like part-time. Um, so that's, yeah, it's very interesting. They're run by two different yeah. sections of the Japanese government. So the kindergarten is actually run by the education section of the Japanese government and the daycare type schools. They're actually run by the, um, oh, what's that word? Like social, social, social health, social insurance, social <laughs> I can't think of the word like it, but it's that it's, okay. it's from that aspect of the government. It's like two different, two completely different ones, but they're trying to fix it all and put it combined because more and more mothers are actually starting to work um, rather than having them stay home all the time. So that's, it's interesting times we're living in. Yeah, definitely. Um, so like what, what made you, choose kindergarten versus high school? Like, did you have an opportunity to continue teaching high school or did you not want to? Um, or yeah. So, I mean, I would like to teach high school again. It's just for now, mm -hmm. kindergarten, the schedule for teaching kindergartens actually works better for my family. Um, so I get out earlier and also I'm kind of, oh, I'm kind of teaching the same level as my kids. So my kids are five and three, right? So, I'm teaching the same level so I can kind of, I have insight to like what's going on with them. So it, it's really yeah, convenient. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, and also I'm learning all the cultural stuff that I don't know. Like, I don't know what kindergarten is like here. Yeah. Like I grew up in the States, so I don't know yeah. what the teachers want from my kids. I don't know what they're teaching. I don't know how they're teaching it. Like, I don't know any of that. So in teaching at those kindergartens, I'm learning all this cultural stuff that I just would never know otherwise. So that's why I'm doing kindergarten for now. But I might move back to high school like later after, um, like if scheduling permits, like when my kids are a little older, when I don't need to be home so much. Yep. That's great. Wow. What a, what a cool experience. Mm -hmm. It's cool that you're, you know, that you've continued in Japan. It, it was interesting because I felt like our group, a bunch of people did that. Yeah. They just stayed and never went home. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, feel like I would have been one of them like some I had some health problems within my family so that kind of brought me back mm -hmm. and my folks are getting older and I'm, I'm pretty much an only child so I was like all right you know I gotta come home I gotta do these things so you know that kind of brought me home but it's cool to see that you've stayed there and, and you know continued life and you know yeah. perceived career and and that's neat that you get to, you know, raise your kids there and everything. Yeah. Um, what are some challenges that you faced for that? I mean, it must be 
like being half Japanese and half, you know, American, is that, is that like a challenge for them in any way or for you? Um, I mean, so far there's not, not anything major because they're only, only kindergarten level. So, um, I feel like we're going to see a lot more challenges as they move into elementary school. Um, so we, we are a part of a, we're part of a, um, international family group and um, one of the other mothers, like her son, had started elementary school this year. And one of the things that we are talking about that both of us are worried about um, is the fact that our kids already speak English. So when they go into these English lessons, I mean, they're boring. Like, they're, what, what are our kids yeah. going to do? Like, they already know. And in Japan, there's no skipping grades. Like, there's no setting sitting out yeah. like it's you have a right to an education and everyone's going to get the same education. So, yep. <laughs> so um, we're, we're both kind of worried about that because being othered in Japan is really not a good thing. So um, worrying yeah. about, you know, being bullied or you hear a lot about mixed children who they start to hate the other language. Like they, like mm. I'm definitely worried that at some point my kids will start to hate English because maybe in school, the kids will be like, Oh, you speak English, you do it, you know, and it'll be a lot of pressure on them. So there's that as well. And then also they won't be allowed to participate in any English competitions. So speech, speech competitions, really? any of that, like they're not allowed because they have a native speaker in their home even yeah, if they don't know fair, it's right? not it's not fair because like let's say like let's say you do have an english speaker like as one of your parents a native english speaker but you don't actually learn from them and you don't know english mm-hmm. but you still can't participate so it's kind of like um there's the same True. issue like in the states with hispanics there are a lot of hispanics okay. me for one who feel spanish yeah and it's you fail because you're used to it at home, like to a certain level. So you know so much, but you don't have any of the formal training or maybe some of the words are a little different than the ones you use at home. So Spanish class is kind of boring. So you don't listen. And then um, also like the stuff you do know, maybe a little different, like maybe it's not exactly according to the rules. So you get it wrong. So there's that as well. And I feel like it's kind of the same issue here. Like the the mixed kids, like maybe they have been learning English at home. But let's say if um, when he goes into elementary school, if I don't keep up on his vocabulary, he will always have like a lower kindergarten or elementary level English. It's not going to grow. Okay. because yeah. you yeah. know yeah. we need to practice that vocabulary in order to do that so there's a lot of those kind of things that i'm worried about um coming up so i think i'll have to think about it a bit more as he gets older as of right now i mean he's still in kindergarten so it's not it's not too too much it's more like cultural things that pop up so like the schools ask if yeah. i can do something to like help my kid do uh, there's a um setsubun. it's it's like a you you throw beans at monsters who come visit like i don't know yeah, i don't know yeah, heard of that. Yes. Yeah. so like I heard about that. Yep. for that you're supposed to help your kids draw like a what is their what is their monster like that they're 
trying to mm-hmm. fight. Like, so, you know, some of the monsters are like, I don't share with my friends at school and that's my monster. And they write it down. And then when that monster comes, you're supposed to throw beans at it because monsters are scared of beans and they run that's away. Cool. So the teachers asked me to help my kids write this. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like the bad things that I want them to change? Like, I, I don't know what exactly you want me to write. Like, what are we going for here? So, um, I feel like that, that part of it comes up, but I don't think it'll be so, so, I think it'll be more when he starts elementary school. Did you have any foreigners, like foreign kids in your high schools, like Filipinos or kids of Vietnam or? No, there was one mixed kid at one of my schools. No, no, no. Okay. I think two. I mean, because I was so spread, like, and I had so many students, you know, 40 kids in a classroom, like you can only get to know them so much. So I only heard about two of two of them specifically but it's because for one of them someone had written something on the board about being mixed and one of the teachers I was close with went into the classroom and was like no like this is not okay you cannot be talking about that kind of stuff so like that was like a huge deal um but he was okay like he's he's he was he was cool like uh, like he was cool it wasn't a good thing for them to do but this kid was very strong. Like he's, he was very strong and self-confident. Like he was very into, he was very, he knew his, he knew what he was and who he was. And it didn't, he didn't let that um, overtake him like other people saying stuff like that. So, and the teacher was very good about like stopping it. And then I think the other kid that I knew was his mother was Chinese and his father was Japanese, I think. Um, and I only heard about that one because the teacher said it was hilarious because the boy wasn't doing too well in school. And instead of responding like, you know, a Japanese mother would, um, it, like a normal response that she expected, um, his mother was Chinese and she was like, fine, he's going to quit school and he's going to start work. And she looked at her son and she's like, you're going to quit school and you're going to start work. You don't want to do school. Then you're going to just go to work. And the boy was like, no, no, I'll do better. I'm going to work harder. So it was just culturally, it was so shocking to the teacher that like the mother said this. And I was like, that sounds like something I would do actually. <laughs> so that was, that was really interesting. So I, I actually had some kids from the Philippines. You were mentioning like kids being bored in English yeah. class. Like they, their English was almost as good as mine. <laughs> it was very native level. And, you know, they were super bored. Like I had some kids, I had one kid that spoke English. I didn't know this at the time. Like right before she graduated, she, she spoke English, Italian, and Japanese. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I was kind of blown away by that. And it's, I think it is sort of, I don't know. It depends on the kid. It depends on the family. And uh, I, I think most kids were pretty cool with them. Like they seem to have normal friendships. They seem to like school. And they, I, I don't think they wanted to be like an English class. They didn't make an effort to show that they knew mm-hmm. English at that level. So I was, I was kind of surprised. So, but you know, I, I'm hoping your kids will be okay. And, yeah, and, I hope you know, so. They'll make it through. I hope so. I hope they don't get so. into the, you know, like, I don't want to go with mom, like phase or I don't want speaking because like we get attention. Like when we go places, like it, it can't be helped. Like, hmm. I don't think I look that different, but I do. Um, so when we go places, of yeah. course, people stare. And if they see me with the kids, they stare at my kids too. Or, you know, they want to stop or they want to say something. Um, 
like I've seen it in like some of the playdates I've been I've been on playdates with other mothers and like I'll have people at the park just randomly come up and start talking and some of the other mothers I'm with they're like that was weird and I was like oh <laughs> it happens all the time though like you know it's just it's yeah. a it's a thing so I'm just hoping they don't you know start to hate me for being different yeah so yeah, my wife and I really want to have kids, and we we kind of want them to grow up in Japan. I feel like more than the U.S. So that's that's very insightful to to hear kind of your experience. Yeah. So that's cool. I appreciate you sharing. Yeah, that. no problem. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that can help other folks too. You know, if people stay. You know, they they can kind of get a, a better perspective. On what yeah, doing. yeah. So if anyone's listening. You know, I hope that helps. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so too. So that's great. I'm I'm really happy for you. I'm glad your your kids are are cute. Or how old are they now? They're they're three and five. So a boy and girl. My three girl's three. Okay. My boy's five. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, it's it's so interesting. Um, like it's you know the the understanding culturally what's going on is is very interesting because like i feel like when you have like parent problems um and you're like trying to look online you know you google and you're like oh my kid does this is a strange but it's really hard to do when you're in a different culture like i try and look it up in english but it doesn't it doesn't give a good response because the culture is so different here i don't understand like if it's like what's normal in an English speaking blog on Google is not exactly normal as would be in Japan. Like, um, you know, like take onsens, like everyone goes to the hot springs. Right. And it's, it's not strange for classmates to have gone together and seen each other naked. Like that's not strange here. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's the same, like one of the big ones for me was like communal bathing is a thing. Like it's not, strange for kids to have taken a bath with their parents mm-hmm. and I feel like for me totally it's just so weird <laughs> it seems so weird yeah but so weird. here like it's just it's a, a normal thing like it's not it's not strange at all or like um working at the kindergartens um sorry hold on let me get a drink of water sure hmm. working at the kindergartens um some of my kindergartens are like forest schools. So they really want the kids to just, you know, be in nature and play with nature and experience it and learn that way. So of course they will be fully covered in mud, like at the end of the day. Um, And that's just, you know, it's, it's kindergarten that's going to happen. But what the teachers tend to do is they just, you know, kind of strip the kids and hose them down all together and then just like throw them in the classroom and they're like, okay, get dressed. And it's not, it's not a strange thing. Like, it's not a surprise. And I'm just like, is that okay? Like, <laughs> are you sure? Like, is that okay? Or, you know, like a lot of the kindergartens too, they're, they're three years old or it's daycare schools where they're, they start when they're zero. So they do potty training at the school, which is amazing because then I don't have to do it. Um, but it's also like, like I'll be teaching at the school and the kid will be like, Oh, I have to, I have to go to the potty. I have to go to the potty. And I'll be like, okay, go, go, go. And like, I, I take, I, point them in the right direction and they're like no no come with me I'm scared and I'm just like is that okay like should I I I think I'll stand here like and maybe I'll just call a teacher for you (laughs) does that sound like a good idea but it's things like that like 
that just culturally is especially having kids now and working at kindergartens i'm seeing that put together and i'm just like okay like we're learning new things yeah wow interesting very interesting yeah i, I mean those things would never have ever, ever happen no, in american schools no, right never and no. like even for nap time um so i work daycare schools daycare schools have naps kindergarten schools do not have naps so like the the i don't i shouldn't call them daycare schools people get mad about that here um nursery schools we'll call them nursery schools so the nursery schools they take naps but the kindergartens um they do not so for nap time it's really normal here for you to they say tonton it's basically like patting your kid like petting your kid or like rubbing their back and like putting them to sleep but it's not strange for them to like massage their feet or like touch their hair or like my son said his teacher pats his butt, which saying it in English is like, oh, like what? Like, I don't know about that. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> should we call the cops? Like, <laughs> But working in kindergartens and having seen like that kind of like it's it's a very normal thing. Like it's like, OK, like let's let's take a step back and be like, okay, like, let me check with my son and make sure he's okay. And like nothing, he didn't feel weird or anything, but like, it's one of those, like in the States automatically yeah. you'd be like, wait, what? Your teacher did what? That'd be called CPS. Yeah. Like, oh, we're going to just call Yeah. CPS yeah. And it's like and things like that, like that. here, it's like. just like, that's, that's kind of expected. Like a teacher holding a child, like, yeah. you know, there's, there's a phrase, not a phrase, there's a word, a skinship. And you say this in English, but in Japanese, like it's not, it sounds, it sounds terrible, but like in, in Japan, it's, um, basically like giving them, giving kids specifically like the, the physical contact to help them regulate their emotions and be calm, um, is like necessary. So it's, it's really, it's really interesting because like the whole skinship concept is kind of cut off. Um, I want to say in elementary school, probably when they start sleeping in their own bed, like they don't, they don't, kids don't generally sleep in their own room. Um, so it's co-sleeping generally, um, until, elementary school i want to say for um some people i've heard i heard nine years old from some parents but i feel like around that time too they kind of stop like all physical contact which is really interesting like um yeah you you notice i i've heard about this like as elementary school teachers too like elementary school alts um like you you can kind of see like that draw of like okay, you're here, I'm here, and we don't, we don't have physical contact. When, like, from kindergarten, it's really not strange to see any yeah. kind of, like, petting kids or, like, calming them down, holding them. Like, it's really not strange at all. Or, like, having them strip and hosing them down because they got filthy, like, playing in the mud. So it's really yeah. interesting. It's, oh. Interesting. Yeah, it's a very different sort yes. of relationship especially with yes. adults and yes. they're not your parents, yes. right? So it's interesting because I, I was a CPS investigator for about a year. So I, I went to all kinds of calls and everything else. I mean, it's it's completely different in America. Oh. I mean, the way you interact with kids. So that's that's a very interesting different yeah, perspective. I think, I think you would be very on, surprised. Uh, on schools and teachers. And, interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So you're, yeah, that's great. You're, you're definitely getting the entire culture <laughs> yep, now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really great oh, to kind of see that though, so, and see so, how that influenced high schoolers because we taught high school, and it's interesting to see where that comes yeah. from, why they acted certain ways, and like when you see that, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. yeah, yeah, yeah. Things start to make you know connect. Now you're seeing like the lower mm-hmm. levels and and all the way up to high school, and them almost being yeah. adults. So, huh, that's that's amazing. Would you ever move back to the U.S.? Um, is that something you've ever thought of? I feel like there are a lot of things I do miss and a lot of reasons why I would want to move back. Um, but I cannot see that happening. No, no. Okay. I can't. Like, do you, do you miss I do. I do. And I feel like especially after having kids, like there are things I want my kids to see and do and experience that I just, I feel like they can't do here. Um, but you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go where my husband goes. So, um, he's here and he's, of he's, yeah. you know, where, you know, by his parents. And I really think it's good for my kids to have a connection with his parents. Um, and you know, they need help too. So, um, we're going to be here and help his parents out and, you know, do our thing. But I, I can't see us moving back to the U.S. Maybe when we're like old and retired, if my kids move there. Um, (laughs) maybe that will be a thing. Um, but I can't like, so like the main things that I kind of miss in the U S is how fun, how much fun and like how easy it is to make friends there. Um, like kids wise, like I feel like, like Halloween, Christmas, Easter, like they have like a pseudo Halloween, Christmas, Easter, but it's not, it's not like the U S where it's like an actual, yes yes and you know there's no pumpkin patch to go to like during halloween time there's no like corn maze there's no you know um christmas party like a christmas recital like that that kind of stuff i really miss um but like on the flip side like my kids medical expenses are fully covered through elementary school yeah so um their education is guaranteed through elementary school like i mean in the u.s too like but I feel like here there's definitely a stable raising children aspect of, you know, medical education. All that is very well done here, I think. Um, so it's, it is what it is. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very different. And both have pluses and minuses, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think it's more that community aspect of kind of that we have to raise kids and, you know, and then you know, make sure they're healthy and productive and have the best opportunities in Japan. So versus here, I feel like we're sort of left. I don't know. I like, like I see kids going into schools now that just have never been told no. Like it, it's just the environment. So yeah. different, especially today. I mean, there's a lot of political things going on, especially in the high school, junior high, and people are just quitting the teaching profession because mm-hmm. of that. You know, and it's, it's, it's hard to say as a, as a teacher, there's so many stresses on them here that it's, it's, it's really difficult to be successful. And I, and, you know, I kind of worry about the U.S. like where yeah. we headed things. So that's why my wife and I were like, mm, maybe Japan might be a better <laughs> place to go with the kids. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've actually heard a lot of that from so, like, you know, yeah. people I know who have moved to the U.S. after living here and having kids in the U.S. and then being like, mm, I don't know, like a little nervous. What's interesting, one 
there's a lady at my bank who was helping me out and I saw a picture of her kids and they were wearing kimonos and stuff. And I was like, Oh, you know, do you have some connection to Japanese culture? And she said, yeah, my, my husband's Japanese. So, and she was telling me that her kids, like her teacher called her in for a meeting one time and they were like, your kids have developmental delays. And she's like, what? She's like, what do you mean? She's like, they're fine. And she's like, well, their language ability is is not where it should be mm-hmm. in English or, or something like that. And she's like, well, because they speak Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, there were some slight delays in, in some things and, and they just were not understanding that. Like I, I felt like maybe in Japan they they wouldn't have responded that way. Yeah. So I'm not um, sure. I feel like the so for my son, my 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 girl, she's like a chatterbox, so she's been talking like right away, mm-hmm. always. Um but my son, he actually didn't I feel like he didn't really really talk talk until like three. Um and it was English or Japanese. Like he just he didn't really talk and of course I was worried and of course I'm googling but it doesn't apply to me because I live here so um that was that was difficult but I feel like the teachers were always very understanding like when I would go in and be like I'm worried like why isn't he talking like what should I do because you know he was in the nursery school but the teachers are like, oh, you know, it'll come. Like, let's just, you know, we'll work on what we work on at school. And you can work on what you work on at home. And they were like, he can communicate. Like, he might not be talking, but he communicates whether he likes something or doesn't like something. So they were just like, it'll come. Just They were very understanding about that. So I really do. I'm, I'm thankful that I had that experience with those teachers who were just like, okay, calm down, mama. Like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jennifer, uh, we are running out of time. Some last tidbits here. Just questions I had. Like, would you, what is your advice to Jet ALTs coming in? Um, any advice to them? Any takeaways? any takeaways? I would say Jet is an amazing experience and it can be very lonely in Japan. Um, so if you could make sure you have at least someone you can talk to, like when you're having those stressors, I think it would change your experience completely. Like when you can't work your shower and you have someone you can talk to about that experience, it would be really good for you. So, um, you know, if you can, it doesn't have to be a foreigner, but even if you can find, you know, the librarian or, you know, the, the nurse, the school nurse or whatever, like someone you can actually talk to, or like you had your head teacher. So, um, you can find that. I feel like it would really, um, change your experience here. If you have someone you can actually talk to. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure chatting with you, especially this long (laughs) period of time. I hope that we can help some folks out there their journey in japan and hopefully they will have be lucky and have such yeah i hope so too thank you thank you jennifer